0: This is Dylan Lawrence Moore of the Volitional Science Network bringing to you today, Nima Major of EconomicsJunkie.com, who I have not spoken with on a recorded line in quite some time. Thank you, Nima, for kicking my ass and saying, we need to record something, we need to record something, we need to record something. It's good to see you at your snazzy new place in that state that really needs to be sawed off the end and like... Let it float into the ocean and and fall down. Florida. (laughs) Become its own country. Or something like that. Give it back to Spain. (laughs) So, uh, Nima wanted to chat some MMT and some coronavirus and some global tyranny uh, all at once. And I figured with with the whole corona fiasco, we could talk a little bit of the good, the bad, and the ugly about what's going on and really try to get this from an MMT angle. And particularly an MMT angle that's not a bunch of raving leftist social justice warriors, which seems to be the most of them right now. So, Nima, is there a big, glaring point that's standing out to you right now that we could classify under ugly that you would like to start with
1: well in my opinion it would be how bad the uh, or how receptive the public has become to complete fiction and completely
0: cartoonish fear mongering Um, now now is this different from how receptive they were before because I gotta say uh, we as the public has been very receptive in the past
1: sure but um I don't know that ever people like the entire population was under indefinite house arrest uh, <laughs> good point ever really
0: good point yeah. even yeah. with 911 it wasn't this bad
1: no of course not. no not not at all I mean it's like um 911 times a thousand or something like that so you know it's not really clear whether it's really the the, the response was proportionate
0: by, by any means, to put it mildly, and I think that's a huge problem. Yeah. So, you were mentioning to me before I hit the record button, some of the, the the numbers as they're coming out, and I want to get into this a little bit, and I'm, and I'm going to play a little bit of Devil's Advocate with you. So, mm-hmm. I got to say, I kind of, I, I went through a roller coaster a little bit on this Corona thing at first. My <laughs> first reaction was, it's, it's another bullshit swine flu SARS gobbledygook coming out of Asia again. I'm really not that interested in this to the point where, oh, my God, this was probably engineered in a bioweapons lab and we might get the zombie apocalypse. And uh, after, a little, after a little bit of that, I started coming down, looking around and, and, you know, I'm in Washington state, not that far from Seattle, not that far from Kirkland, where the, the you know, the first case in the United States was supposedly oh, reported right. in a nursing home. And uh, I'm not seeing everyone die here. I'm not seeing the hospitals overloaded. Am I hearing about the hospitals overloaded? Um, I think I know of two people that have caught it. One was a super old person who did die. The other was my cousin's girlfriend who got better. So at, in in the epicenter of the United States, those are the only two cases I've I've personally heard of this happening. And um, I'm I'm really over this whole lockdown bullshit. Going on, um, right. I am really not afraid of this thing anymore. It's just uh, uh, it was such an overreaction,
1: and um, it's not feasible. It's not it's not a serious proposal to keep the country under lockdown for several months on end.
0: And uh, I think Australia just announced that they'll be under lockdown until October I did see or that. whatever, I did, or, or uh, <laughs> January or some crazy stuff where and they they made the announcement when they had like 15 deaths and of course if they're um 30 qual- yeah 30 qualifying deaths the time. deaths the 30. same way everybody else seems to be doing it which is you know that they, they they jumped out of an airplane without a parachute and then died from coronavirus yeah. um <laughs> even those 30 deaths are a little bit questionable
1: <sighs> yeah no that's that's the problem and in this interview the recent interview um, by uh, Stefan Molyneux on Freedom Aid Radio with Dr. Shiva Ayandre, a PhD from MIT um, in there they um, uh, they discuss hugely crucial aspects of, of all of this and um, uh, he talks about how there's no real evidence that people died from the virus they're just it's just being assumed that people died with the virus died from the virus. And in New York, there's even people who are being counted who uh, didn't even test for coronavirus. Now, they were just it's like, just, smells like it. Check the box. They were just <laughs> guessing and just pump up the numbers. Uh, some people are saying it gives, gets the hospitals more subsidies and more. I've heard that too. I don't know. But in any case, they're you know, just really lying to the people. And that's just um, the propaganda is so emotional that all these programs seem justified to the people. But well, it's just unprecedented. Like the entire, uh, our, our, all our rights uh, are are canceled. Um, all of a sudden, because so because of this narrative, so it's pretty quite amazing from, from that standpoint.
0: What well, is very amazing, and n- not only that, it is. Conditioning us To say Okay well We got another disease So let's have us another lockdown Because right. that's just what we're supposed to be doing When right. I, I mean Training us It's, it's like a Mass it's
1: a, a Training a Psychological training
0: And I, I mean Being a little uh, tongue in cheek here if this is a bioweapon that came out of a bioweapons lab, and honestly, I suspect that it is, considering it happened, like, spitting distance from the top bioweapons laboratory in China. Uh, it seems like it's a pretty weak bioweapon. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Christoph.
1: laughs> <laughs> It's coincidentally very close to the flu in terms of death rate, apparently. Uh, in New York uh, – sorry, in, in Germany, there was the first representative sample study, I, I believe – where they uh, suggested that about 0.37% 3, 3, uh, died from the virus. So, so, not exactly the 3% or 4% of the World Health Organization claimed. And so, the only way they can get. Go ahead. Well, the only way they can get close to those numbers is by just. Um,
0: by inflating them uh, as described. Right. Uh, um, keeping the caseload low and keeping the death count high by, by just assuming that anybody who remotely seems like they might have had coronavirus, therefore died from it. Um,
1: right. Also, the tests seem to be very unreliable. Like this uh, this uh, Dr. Shiva, he's a microbiologist, he explains how these tests are not really reliable. They might be catching... Just if you had a part of some coronavirus in you, might return positive.
0: Well, I mean, co- coming from my own chemistry background and my own a small amount of time spent in laboratories, that the idea that you run a test and therefore you have an answer is ludicrous. And right. I, I mean, I worked at a production lab and, and we kind of did that because, you know, we just got to get the stuff moving. But if there was ever any it, something seemed a little weird, something so was like that doesn't, doesn't seem right. You tested it over and over and over again it's, it, to see. Okay, is there something wrong with the instrument? Did, did the did the sampler take this wrong? And even I remember even in one of my chemistry classes, uh, my analytic chemistry professor really emphasized there's a difference between accuracy and precision. So you could be. Accurate and precise, not accurate and precise, not precise and accurate, and not accurate and not precise. And so for example, if you even if you're getting like that the same result over and over and over again, you're like, wow, this is really precise, it might be completely inaccurate. Whereas you might get something that, that's not really that precise, but it's actually if you average it out, it's really it's really close to the right number. Um you're not precise, but you do have some accuracy. And the point of this is to say that is really, really hard when you're talking about science, and, and this really goes to any science, to, to do a test and say, okay, this caused that. And okay. I, I'm not bringing that up to like to, – to throw doubt over this whole thing. My point is when you have easy access to, to, to certain tests where it's like, okay – have someone take a swab, stick it in a thing, and put it in the microwave or whatever the, you know, whatever the hell that they do. Yeah. By the way, by There's the a the lot way, of things that could go wrong were... there. What's
1: that? Yeah. The tests were developed to uh, uh, Drosten at the Charité in Berlin. And uh, were never peer-reviewed and never um, uh, approved in any country officially. And we're rushed through with the WHO. Basically.
0: Oh, so seeing we as we're still talking we're... about ugly, let's bring up the WHO very quickly. <laughs> um, what is the name of the dude who's the director of the WHO right now? Uh, from some tin pot country in Africa, complete Marxist. And I, I, I was watching a video that was going over him. I'm sorry dear viewers, that I don't, I don't have this this up, but look, how about this? Instead of me tr- trying to remember facts about this guy and get it wrong, go look up who this guy is and what he's done and and how much he has <laughs> been sucking off the Communist Party of China throughout this whole thing. I mean, because we could talk about uh, Trump defunding who in a bit and which I, is definitely under the good side of this thing, but uh, yeah. The who is, is just, yeah, please, can we can we start defunding all these globalist organizations? But what I'd like to do is transition it into some economics here. Let's talk a little bit about the chaos of what's going on now that we're seeing the shock and throwing everybody on unemployment. So um, I understand that this is anecdotal, but I have not really seen anybody that has been... Getting all this crazy stimulus money that's been going out there, and by this, i on the small business end, I'm, a, I'm including the PPP loan, the Payroll Protection Program. I personally have applied for this for one of my businesses, can't seem to get uh, it. Do, do you have a, Do you have your bank account connected, or are you expecting a check? Um, are you talking about the Trump bucks? I'm not talking yeah. about. I'm not talking about the twelve hundred dollars that everybody's getting. Any- any of those, I guess. Yeah. Oh, you were talking the PPP. I'm, I'm talking about the PPP. Um, yeah, I applied for it. Can't seem to get it. I understand that th- the $350 billion that was put aside for it has already been eaten up. But I am yeah. haven't heard of a single person who's actually gotten this thing. Also, the the one that's the EIDL, which is the grant that's up to $10,000. Haven't heard of a single person who's been able to get that. And then the unemployment, oh, okay. the, the extra six hundred dollars a week that people are supposed to get when they're when they're unemployed, which is totally bizarre because th- there's no sliding scale to it. I'm um, I'm hearing that if the money actually comes through, most of the people that I know who are on unemployment should be getting more money on unemployment than they would when they were working. Um, in fact, yeah. Boeing is matching that six hundred bucks, <laughs> so. Um, there's people who are working for Boeing assuming this money actually comes through are looking to get 1200 bucks a week plus their unemployment yeah uh, it, I mean d- total fucking chaos where the the importance of this stimulus money that was supposed to be coming through was the speed at which it was supposed to hit everybody so people could maintain their spending levels and m- maintain the lifestyle and pay their bills and I, I mean it we're just it's just going week after week after after week, after week, of like, where's this money?
1: Yeah. Well, it seems to have, 30 million or so apparently went out this week, and then next week there's going to be a bunch. So it's going to hit a lot of bank accounts, I I, I assume, over the coming weeks. But also unemployment uh, is uh, kicking in unemployment money. So for now, the economy has been sort of, um, kept uh, sort of, uh, humming along afloat, yeah, um, because of these interventions, possibly because they're pretty big interventions. And then who knows what else is coming, you know, with upcoming uh, 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 infrastructure programs and stuff like that. You know. Ooh, um, well, they're already discussing about that. those. So, yeah, so there seems to be no fiscal restraint. That's a good thing in many ways because of the chronic austerity
0: that the country has been under. So let's talk about austerity a little bit because normally when we've been speaking about MMT, we talk about austerity as a political choice by the government to say, okay, we're going to we're going to take back spending. We're going to balance the budget. We're going to try to go into a surplus, which which throws everybody into unemployment and brings production down. We're actually seeing the opposite of that right now, where production. Employment was humming along. I'm not going to use the word fine, but it's fine in comparison to what it was before. It was humming along fine. Production was humming along fine. And then all of us, and, and the spending was humming along fine. And all of a sudden, we got this order that everybody needs to stay home. The economy's working, but nobody uses it. So, right, so it's a, yeah. the, the question it's is.
1: 34.
0: How long do you think, even with stimulus stuff, can the country hold on to this before it won't be able to bounce back? Good question. We'd have to probably run the
1: numbers. But just intuitively, I would say as this goes on, these payments should be continued frequently for as long as this goes on. And they should be higher, maybe double or whatever. And um, and this way, yeah. things could keep you know going on for a little while. But then the economy has to be opened up to naturally start producing, etc. Because,
0: I mean, where MMTers are often criticized, wrongly, but um, we, we hear this a lot and we respond to it a lot, is that when governments starts spending money, particularly they start spending money like this, we're gonna we're gonna start seeing stuff like hyperinflation. Because they always point out, like, okay, look at Zimbabwe and look at Weimar at the at these two situations where, um, all this money got spent, and then the money hyperinflated. And our comeback to that is always, no, the production well, got I've destroyed recent- first. What's that?
1: I've had, I've had recent discussions with people who were, Telling me as soon as these programs were passed, it's going to cause hyperinflation, and it, it was on crypto-related groups. You know, like, oh yeah, of, of course. course. Ten trillion a day, or blah blah blah. So misinterpreted some uh, um, announcement, and uh, so yeah, a lot of people believe. Uh, that-
0: but but the question I have for you, Nima, and this this is an actual concern. I'm, I'm not bringing up hyperinflation, but I'm like significant, or even the possibility of deflation. I want to bring that up too. Is that if lockdown continues in in quasi-perpetuity to the point where we're seeing production fall and fall and fall and fall and fall. In the meantime, we see um, stimulus spending up and up and up and up and up. Is there a point where that starts to run away? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, But you don't seem too concerned about it at the time.
1: Not right now, but if the longer it goes on, the more we get there obviously mm-hmm. you know like if we're not producing and just getting money, then it works for so long as you're just refilling basically what's been starved through austerity over the decades any anyway mm. so you know there's if the economy opens up soon again, then there's a big base of you know capital in the economy a big uh, um, level of, of save, net savings, et cetera. So you know, if they allow the economy to exist again at one, at one day, right? Then we have a very, very strong footing to start from and start with, like you know, really like a big boom, like an unpre- maybe an unprecedented boom. You know? So
0: before we get into the unprecedented boom, I, I do want to take this time. I, 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 I don't. I, I don't think this is likely. But I think it's a good uh, intellectual practice of is there a possibility in the event that people would start default – that businesses and people would start defaulting on their loans because they weren't able to, to make the payments, that we could see a deflationary effect, a very Absolutely. De- damaging – can, can you explain why that would be the case? Because deflation basically means
1: a contraction in money and, and credit uh... – I would just – to make it more simple, a decline in the overall net worth of all of society basically.
0: Right. Well, Because as, as we know, the, the majority of the currency that actually moves around that people are spending isn't created from the federal government. Well, I mean it gets permission from the federal government. but It's the private banking system that extends credit but that but that credit is simultaneously an asset and a liability and it nets out to zero. So if if all these loans were to get defaulted on, and that these these assets and the currency that that um, was able to be traded from these assets would disappear, that would actually be the majority of the money supply disappearing, which would cause you know causes deflation that you were talking about, which is the shrinking of the of the credit and the money supply. Yes, yes. And now, do you agree with me that you don't see that? really is a possibility at this point
1: well yeah i mean i there i see the force that is deflationary which is the lockdowns absolutely if nothing mm. else were happening there would absolutely be a, a huge deflationary force in my opinion and it still is but it's being counterbalanced
0: exactly by these unprecedented programs well and i mean i haven't been paying attention to this one too much but uh uh, in a lot of states, renters can't get evicted right now. I don't know if it's countrywide or, or if it's yeah. state by state. Um, mor- mortgage payments are on hold. Student student loan payments yeah, are on right. hold. Like, like all this stuff's on hold. So I, I didn't take advantage of that. that was, well. What the mortgage payment one? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the point being, what like what you said, what, things are getting stimulated at the same time. Um. The government is saying, "Hey, the, you know, these loans have to be put on hold, or, or people have to have forgiveness, or not have their, you know, their credit shocked by this because of the unprecedented circumstance." Which I, th- I think is what is exactly what you would need to do in order to prevent a deflationary period by having everything go into default.
1: You're 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 preventing it, or at least you're sort of like keeping it to minimum. I would say, you know, you're sort of um, bridging the time back to back to normal. Mm-hmm. So,
0: unless you had something you wanted to add to that, well,
1: well, so just as soon as we go back to normal, there's just going to be a huge capital base to to start.
0: That's growing. exactly what I wanted yeah. to what I wanted to lead into. Let's talk about the good. So, yeah. um, g- giving sort of a premise for what we're talking about the, a capital base, because again, MMT. Modern Money Theory, we're talking about it all the time. Check back in; we got all sorts of videos um, ex- explaining this. If th- if this is your first time that you're hearing the words MMT and what we're talking about sounds like absolute either gar- garbledy gook or heresy or just or just downright socialism, we've heard it before. We've got other videos addressing it, and um, I think the, the b- <laughs> best episode is uh, uh, original
1: sense of libertarian thought. Yes, like the most. Basic, you know, so introductory. On, on
0: this channel, you need to actually find it on the Think Liberty Network, um, thinkliberty.net, right? You, you can also find it on my Economics Junkie podcast. Boom. It's all <laughs> over the place. So we know that in order in order for an economy to thrive, government – and by government, I mean federal government only, the, the monopoly issuer of the currency needs to spend in order to attain full employment. Now, the presence of unemployment shows you that there is not enough spent into the system by the the federal government, which is what's called private sector net savings. This is different from money created by the private banking system, as we discussed before. The private banking system money is simultaneously an asset and a liability, cancels itself out in the macro system. Uh, money that comes from the federal government, the federal government does not need it back in order to continue spending because it is the monopoly issuer of the currency. Currency comes from it. It can't – it doesn't make sense for the government to need that money in order to spend it because it creates it. Money has to come from there in order to attain full employment. Now, we haven't seen this since – what, name of the 50s? Where government has spent enough what? money – World War II and into the '50s, we haven't seen an economy like this, and we were kind of, sort of, vaguely getting a taste of it over the last four years. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think you and I would argue we're still totally in austerity. It's just less austerity that it actually feels like, not austerity. Yeah. But if if we're yes, getting absolutely. if we're getting this unprecedented, and by unprecedented I mean like World War II style or um. Pre nineteen eighties Japan style spending going on from the federal government. Um, once the lockdown has been released, there might actually be enough private sector net savings in the system where that. I mean, it might be oh, rip roaring. Is is putting It'll it lightly?
1: It'll be a big yeah. It'll just be a big base. From which to then, there's a lot of potential. From you know, it still has to be private investment, et cetera. The environment has to be uh, conducive to that, et cetera. But it's just, it's a very good asset base, and it, it improves the leverage
0: of the population overall. You know. So, this, I, I want to ask you this, and I, and I know there's no way for any of us to know this, um, which is trying to get inside of Trump's head, right? So this COVID yeah. thing is is turning out to be a bunch of BS. Now, Nima, is the reason that not so many people are sick and dying right now because the quarantines have worked? There's no way. To, I, which, I, I know you can't answer country, that. What's that? In which country? Which, this which, one, uh, US. I think at, at the beginning of the question dropped. Oh, sorry. Okay. Is... Is the reason why we're not having so many deaths from coronavirus due to the fact that the quarantines are working? I don't know the answer to that question, and I don't expect you to know the answer to that question. But Trump repeatedly says that when... He called off the flights to China. This this saved a ton of lives. Now I I also have heard that the original strain was more deadly than, than what's going around the world right now, which may, may right, have right. something. What's, always, what's that? Or what's always been around the
1: world? Or, or what's always been around the mm. world every year? Like I said, Shiva said, Dr. Shiva said that the tests may only be maybe picking up anyone who had even just a piece of virus in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, not lots of it ne- necessarily. It could be a little bit, uh, and it could be any coronavirus. You know, so we don't we don't know that. Th- those tests that are being used haven't been peer reviewed. Like I said, they were developed by Dr. dost the the Charité, and uh, I've, I've read an interview where he said himself said that it's only been preliminarily reviewed. You know, no, no peer review, no official government approval even, even but push through the who (laughs)
0: our our favorite our favorite organization so what i was leading up to with trump here is that so the the situation is is obviously looking more and more to be like bullshit and if we give him the benefit of the doubt that he is recognizing this and i think one of the key issues to recognizing that this is bullshit is that the media is propagating it right exactly a- anything that the media is well, propagating, you, sh- you should immediately go, hmm. Mm, mm. you, know, you know, the media is now even uh, uh,
1: uh, propagating the theory that this whole thing was a bioweapon developed in the Wuhan lab. And I can tell you why, because that doesn't hurt the main narrative at all. It's just, you know, it's still. Uh, 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 it's still consistent with the narrative that this is a horrible pandemic. And we and all need a lockdown. Yeah. so yeah. Chinese are,
0: are to blame for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So my, my, fir- my gut reaction, my first reaction is to criticize Trump and say, why haven't you opened the situation back up yet if you know that this is true? Now, going a little deeper into his head, let's say he does know it's true. You and I know even if he doesn't get mmt out, like outright he knows enough of it to make the proper decisions to make things operate because he's the one pushing the spending like like nobody's business well, do you he think he's Arnott setting the base sure. do you think he's setting the base getting ready to t- to take the lid off so we can have the rebound yes, yes i mean absolutely that that's the number one thing for him i'm sure
1: there's nothing more than cuz he can take credit for it because he absolutely hates that they've demolished his uh, uh, um, great economy. Mm-hmm. So you
0: know, his personal ego and uh, everyone's benefit. Yeah, him. I, I mean, oh, it's a, and then it, it, not a bad thing. And I'm all for that. If he's able to pull that off, if he if he's able to get re-election, and if he's able to get a mandate from that, where it's like, Crump, you did such a great job. You turned the economy back on. You know, what? <laughs> maybe we get a red wave." Um, I don't know if the Republicans will actually do anything if, if that well, that happens, right. but uh, because their their modus operandi seems to be
1: what's that? Certain states should be recently tweeted. Liberate uh, Minnesota.
0: I did see Liberate. that. Liberate Washington, so. please. Get this <laughs> fucking governor out of here, Jesus! <laughs> oh yeah, just a reminder to everyone: my governor, Governor Inslee, was that guy who ran for president whose only (laughs) campaign issue was climate, and he got 0% everywhere. That's my governor. (laughs) Oh, Nebo, listen to this. So he put forth a, uh, I I believe it was a $50 million small business uh, stimulus in the state of Washington, which, if you did the math, translated to $8 per per small business. (laughs) (laughs) and my friend was pointing out that uh, last year uh, I don't know if he did it but like there was a a 90 million dollar thing that went toward the homeless crisis so fucking tweakers get twice as much money as the small businesses here they get 16 bucks instead of uh, instead of 8 bucks (laughs) (laughs) anyway well it sounds very much like San Francisco oh yeah well well, we're we're (laughs) kind of like the, the little brother of San Francisco oh my god yeah um. so let's talk about infrastructure so if, if we're setting the fiscal base of this most people are well aware of the fact even like fucking Bernie supporters are well aware of the fact that our infrastructure in this country is like dated from the Great Depression when the new deal went around to build it all um, it is time for an infrastructure upgrade, which can only be done through major federal government spending. And Trump's already talking about I it. I don't know. You don't know? What don't you know?
1: Well, just as, as an as an anarcho capitalist in
0: general, I'm just like I don't know if that's well. The I case. I don't I don't mean in like. Give me some breathing room here. I don't mean like in the grand universal sense of all human capacity that we could ever achieve in infinite time. I meant like what the country could do right now. <laughs> right. right, right. Um, yeah. So in the sense of what the country could do right <laughs> right now, Um. Look, how about this? If I rephrase it this way, the quickest way to getting it done will be federal government spending. Trump well, is talking about actually- it.
1: I think tax, federal government tax way to get it done. You wouldn't need to have any programs or any uh, preparation time. Did, did you say federal cuts. government tax? cut out? Cuts. Yes. Okay. Cut.
0: Yeah.
1: So payroll tax. You know, what happened to that? Didn't they want to get rid of that?
0: Oh yeah. What? Thank you. What happened that? to that? I,
1: I'm still waiting for my payroll yeah. tax
0: cuts. I am still no, waiting for my payroll it tax didn't cuts.
1: Happen. Didn't happen. It's only che- It's only checks for you. Only
0: checks from, from Daddy Trump. I still haven't gotten mine. I have not gotten my Trump bucks. <laughs> I haven't gotten shit from all this, man. Oh. <laughs> so, another thing, I, 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 a couple other things I wanted to bring up here. So, you, I, I think you and I can both agree that we're, actu- we're actually a little bit hopeful out of the situation based on the way that Trump is handling it. Because with the massive stimulus and and the speed at which he's attempting to open this back up, and the fact the WHO is getting defunded, I know everything that says temporarily blah, 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 but I mean any any punch in the gut that we could do to these fucking organizations, I'm totally happy with. Um, something else I wanted to bring up was Europe. notice how Bill Gates started bitching immediately when, when Trump did that? <laughs> I, is, is there ever a state in which Bill Gates is not bitching? I'm. I'm which Bill pro- Gates is has not, has not. What it, it, is there ever a, t- a time when Bill Gates is not bitching about everybody needing more vaccines? And, uh, right. <laughs> Nima, Europe, all of these countries suddenly rediscovered their borders.
1: <laughs> right.
0: What? A- well, also, now that Brexit has actually happened. And all these countries are rediscovering their borders do you see this as a another crack that might be happening down the side of the wall of the European Union
1: it could be but it's also giving the centralized uh, a level more power so you know it's, if the mentality is still our globalist overlords tell us then temporary border lockdowns may just be good temporarily because they told us hmm. when they tell us they're bad again and open borders time again then that, that's the order you know so the
0: question is are people really beginning to question the uh, globalist propaganda well, and then th- this just ca- came up to me as well you know one thing that seems to has dr- has dropped fucking out of existence at least temporarily toilet Ma- paper <laughs> Social justice warrior bullshit. <laughs> right? That is a, right? That's a beautiful thing. Well, like, uh, all this... Because remember when, when this first happened that AOC s- said something like, oh, people aren't going to Chinese restaurants due to racism around the coronavirus, they're right? Not, they're, not patroning. they're not patroning Chinese restaurants. Um, no one's got to... You know, it, if it truly is Apocalypse... No one ain't got time for that shit, right? And I'm correct. wondering. It, so you know, we're talking they about. The COVID- actually, they still managed to find time for that shit, by the way, because COVID is apparently racist, according to some authors. Bloody blah, blah. Yeah, so, but and and Correct me if I'm wrong. The feeling that I'm getting is that the the decibel level of the, the of the social justice warrior din has dropped significantly. And we were talking about the, the social change negatively of people being willing to accept the future lockdown. What I'm wondering is both on things like borders and on things like the, the social justice warrior stuff is will the social attitude have through this become more numb to that stuff where it's like, OK, we just went through this process of where we clearly saw that shit did not matter and nobody cared, is it going to require momentum to come back up for people to care again? Does that make sense? What do you
1: mean it didn't matter? What so, didn't so, matter?
0: Uh, um, okay. Feminism. Trans rights. Fucking, oh, right, I'm offended right, yeah. about everything. Like, you're a white right. male, so shut up. But uh, all this sort of stuff. All, most right, of, right, I, right. I mean, I know there's still people screaming about it, but... Well, the, but... But that's because they're not the, getting the, the same, same attention. People. But the
1: same people who are pushing those stories to the forefront are now just pushing a uh,
0: uh, 24/7 COVID doomsday nonsense. Right. So, so once stuff opens back up again, what, what we yeah. ha- we have the issue oh, of future yeah. lockdowns yeah. to worry about. Um, are they going to be able to crank that up that easily? Because again, okay, let's go back to Trump. Uh, this God is so goddamn genius. Where. Because his daily press briefings are getting so much coverage, people are get, being able to see him unfiltered, and and get to see the questions that the reporters are asking him unfiltered. And I think what it's doing is even people don't like him, they're really starting to see how awful these reporters are. And yes, yes. It, it's it's There's just the worst in the
1: universe. There's no, no doubt about
0: it. I I completely, I completely worst, agree with the you there. Worst people in the world. I completely agree with you there. And then on, on changing it again, Chinese Communist Party. Now, I've heard this, and I think this is a very plausible explanation of what happened. Is if, let's say, there was this more deadly coronavirus that actually escaped from Wuhan. Um, we'll, we'll give some plausible deniability that they didn't that the Communist Party did not mean for that to happen. Once it escaped, realizing that they had the problem, instead of trying to clamp it down, they decided that the best option was to export it so that they alone, China, did not have to suffer the economic impact. They wanted to make sure the entire world suffered the economic impact. Um, From a communist standpoint, this sounds very logical to me because they don't like the idea of of slaughtering millions of people across the earth is is nothing um we're seeing manufacturing leave china japan is literally paying companies to 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 get back out of china um china i mean with its with its backhandedness of saying okay we're we're going to stop shipping supplies over that you guys are supposed to get are forcing companies to come back over Trump is trying to get the companies to come back over and if they get now that now that the official story now even we don't know if this is true or not but the official story is it came from this bioweapons lab the official story is it's absolutely China's absolutely fault how how much damage Trump. is this going to do to the communist the Chinese communist party
1: uh, and it also it absolutely vindicates uh, Trump mm-hmm. and, you know I mean, imagine trying to attack him now in his China position that he's always had during the campaign.
0: So, I mean, I'm I'm just trying to imagine a universe where we aren't run by neoliberals or neoconservatives that just slowly let the country die and ship everything over to China and let China – Make everything out of lead and mercury to ship back over to us, so we can, you know, slowly die on on ill manufactured goods, and let our own population starve and become tweakers because they're shipping in fentanyl as well. Mm-hmm. Um, turning that off and turning this back on, <laughs> is- like, I, I, I'm I'm actually oh, seeing man. that as as a possible <laughs> opportunity here, and it, it, it sounds pretty good. What do you think, Nima? <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I, I I totally agree, and um, it'll be interesting to see how the current account um, balance develops, because that's another uh, huge uh, you know base for the economy to grow. up. And, Talk a little more uh, about that. So far, well, you know, as we've always as we talked about, the public always needs a certain level of net private savings every year, and it comes net private savings can only come from a current account surplus or from a federal government budget deficit. And uh, if the federal deficit is obviously growing, if the the current account balance also grows in the the U.S.'s favor, meaning more being demanded inside and produced inside, less uh, imported uh, uh, from abroad, then that will be another positive stimulus for the entire
0: economy basically. And then to to translate that into less little economic ease, (laughs) Um, by by trade deficit, NEMA means um, if goods – Go from China to the United States. Money goes from the United States to China, which means there's less money in the United States, which means there's less private sector net savings. So even if the the country is pouring private sector net savings in from the federal government, if it's leaving to China faster than they're pouring it in, you're still losing money. Right? So... If that if that starts to slow down, which it has begun to slow down, but if it slows down significantly, well, at the same time the federal government is pouring more money. We go back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation: that there's our fiscal base to rebound, like a basketball. Yes, yeah, start a big, big boom, boom potentially. Yeah, you know. could the economy is being
1: reshaped? You know, that's these seem to be the orders that are coming from the very top of the new world order or whatever. But within that – in those confines, there's going to be still huge innovation and uh, it will probably be going more into AI, et cetera, et cetera,
0: or space exploration or whatever. Which – did you see the news? SpaceX supposedly is sending two people to the International Space Station next month. You didn't didn't see that? that. You didn't see that? And apparently – I wasn't aware of this. The United States has not sent someone to space – since 2011 that's fucking sad that is fucking sad Well, we haven't haven't had someone on the moon since when we last landed
1: on it (laughs) (laughs) supposedly like
0: you know i'm ready for my moon base i am ready for the moon base oh yeah just just saying there probably is one honestly there probably is one okay we need to get in, we need to get into the Illuminati so we can get to the moon base, Nima. I want to go to the moon. Well, new- it's all about the dark side. The dark side of the moon. We just need to uh, put on some liquid. Well, um, I think we've we've pretty much rounded this off, Nima. Was there was there any other thought that you had in your mind that you wanted to talk COVID or you wanted to talk, well, talk MMT? Maybe
1: maybe we could. Maybe we can just talk uh, about how the permanent portfolio that we've discussed
0: has fared through all of this. The permanent portfolio that you've discussed and I've listened. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because, you know, obviously stocks uh, took a big hit. So I had some friends texting me. Quick quick synopsis of what it is first. What the permanent permanent portfolio is, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. So so permanent portfolio, your core allocation, you split it four ways. Uh, uh, Bonds, stocks… Gold and cash, 25% each, and you re- rebalance at 15 and 35% rebalancing bands, which means that c- if certain assets start uh, uh, getting more expensive and uh, uh, being higher in value, then you have to sell those off at some point, buy buy up the lagging assets. So this way, you're always prepared, no matter what direction the economy goes, because these four assets are basically all based on certain economic situations. Your gold is for depression, or Hyperinflation or, or whatever, uh, depression also or deflation in general. Uh, stocks are for economic boom, so you benefit there. And so you know over the past years, and then cash is obviously you know for recession or whatever, cash is always good to have. But um, uh, throughout this crash recently, stocks obviously started coming down, but then gold has since now reached new seven seven point five year highs. Bonds have reached new all time highs. So it's almost so, like you know, all of these have made up for the crash. And so I've not been as nervous as some friends of mine because I don't have the urge of selling when things go down because I have other assets that balance everything out. You know,
0: so Right. Well, I, it sounds stupid, but you're supposed to buy things when things go down, right? <laughs> buy low and sell high?
1: Right and <laughs> that's, uh, that's, you know, that's what with this portfolio that's what would happen you know if the, if the stocks were to crash more who knows you know and the, probably gold and the other assets would go up more then at one point I might be forced to sell off some of the gaining assets buy up some of the lagging assets like the stocks you know, so I would be automatically buying stocks at a very cheap time possibly so far honestly you know because of all the things we've discussed, it's, it's an interesting reaction that we've seen in the stock. The stock market has been up for the past month, pretty much. Is all these programs that are coming in? I think it's very stock market is very optimistic, but those you know bridging the period and the bailouts coming you know, for the airlines, the cruise ships, etc. So the stock market seems to be kind of be positive about all these fiscal inflows, Um and so it's almost it's almost back to I think now it's like the drop is like. Maybe seventeen or fifteen percent or so from the top. You know, that's not really
0: a bad crash. Well, well, and then I mean, seventeen. Okay, seventeen percent from the top. You know, someone could freak out and say, "Oh, we're down seventeen percent." That's, but that's kind of a funny way of saying we're still up eighty percent from two thousand and sixteen, right? Or I mean, totally. I made up the number, but it's <laughs> it's still way up. Absolutely, yeah, something higher. Okay. Well, uh, Nima, if you don't have anything else. Sounds like no. Nima, if you don't have anything else, I think uh, we we did a pretty good covering of that. And I thank you again for, you know, having the conversation, getting me on here, getting this thing going. Uh, we should do much more in the future. Soon. Sure. And with that, uh, this is the Volitional Science Network with Delin Moore, Nima Mature, EconomicsJunkie.com. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time.